nerds to another fantastic episode of the greatest podcast of its kind, the Justice Nerds Podcast. I am your host, Jay, with my stalwart companion, Chris, broadcasting to you from the remnants of the Starship Botany Bay, marooned here these many years on SETI Alpha 5 by James Tiberius Kirk, but that's a story for another time. So as you notice from our intro music, uh, we let off with a little bit of Prince today because uh, there there was some sadness, wasn't there? Chris? Absolutely. Um, you know, and and it got to thinking, which is going to be part of the show today, um, how music has actually influenced uh, the comic book genre, and it's actually uh, like the movies and and how um, soundtracks have actually set that movie, and they're more known for their soundtracks. So we'll be taking a look at that today. Uh, we're also going to be talking about what's going on in the world of comics. Uh, we're discussing specifically The Rocketeer and Batman versus Ninja Turtles. In current trends, we're going to be talking about uh, the rise of the independent comic book. In movie talk, we're going to be discussing Downey Jr. being announced to appear in Spider-Man Homecoming with uh, Willem Dafoe then also being cast in an undisclosed role in the Justice League. Then we're going to be doing a segment in Movie Talk called Dreamcast. Now, I don't want to interrupt you, but I'm actually really excited about this part. Oh, the, the Dreamcast? The Dreamcast. It's always fun for, I know as nerds, we all like to throw in our two cents on who we think will, you know, play the best role and everything like that. And when they pick your guy, you, you're... Well, why don't you expl explain what Dreamcast is? All right, so Dreamcast is, um, we're going to pick a genre of comic or movie or... Uh, could be anything. In this case, what we're going to be doing today is Justice League. Now, James and I actually, you could kind of call it a friendly competition. Basically, the way we're doing it is uh, we were each given a uh, genre, uh, basically a time frame. So James's, all his characters will be based, it'll be an 80s style Justice League. Now, mine, since we picked it, is going to be a 90s style Justice League. So we get to pick who, and I don't we know what you've picked. You, right, you know what I picked. So you don't. Well, know what not I, so really, it's but be a surprise for me. So right. I'm looking forward to that. Then we uh, movie review. I'm going to be doing a mini movie review on the Jungle Book, which I recently saw. Then in Toy Box, we're going to be talking about some new Transformers and Di Diamond Select toys, which are coming out. We're going to go into our mini section of what's in Chris's loot crate. And then we're going to be doing a toy review on a DC multiverse. Um, if you did happen to listen to the last podcast, and God bless you, if, yeah, you, if absolutely. you did, absolutely. Uh, unfortunately, your your persistence is not going to be completely rewarded because someone I won't name names did not read the required reading. So yeah. we're going to have to save our discussion of the nail for a future podcast. My but bad. We got fun in store. We got we got good things in store. So uh, absolutely. So all right, before we do though, but remember. If you guys have any suggestions, if you guys want to come up with your own Dreamcasts, if you guys want to see us talk about a certain thing, remember, hit us up at the website. And the website is? Oh, not website, but uh, the e email. Email, I'm it's, sorry. It's uh, justusnerdspc at gmail.com. So that's all one word, justusnerdspc as in podcast. Uh, see, I learned. He, yeah. can, he can be taught uh, at gmail.com. Yeah, look, I don't, you know... We're already kind of on our third episode. Uh, first episode isn't published because we never finished it. But uh, 
I don't think I ever took a moment to kind of explain what I my envision you know this podcast to be, which is I mean, if anything, it's just it's two friends talking about something that Absolutely. we love. But uh, it's also sort of an invitation for other people who love these same things to be a part of this discussion. Right. So if you listen to this, I hope that you will email us. I hope you will take part in the discussion. Uh, so again, that email is just us nerds pc at gmail.com. Um, All right, let's take it away. Uh, take it away. Uh, so, uh, we the you know the entertainment industry lost uh, a great entertainer this this week. Uh, yeah. I just I couldn't believe it when I found out yesterday that I heard that, that Prince uh, had died. Uh, it's always you know for me I'm I'm in my thirties and I know that Same. you just entered your your thirties. Yeah. Uh, so it's a weird experience for me when people that I that. I grew up with, in a manner of speaking, yeah. when they die. Yeah. Uh, it, it really it just kind of it reminds you, I guess, of your, your mortality, obviously. I think it reminds me of my age. Uh, and so I was really blown away when I heard that, that Prince died. And, um, I, I, when Chris first mentioned, uh, you know, leading off the show with talking about Prince, I, I agreed with him. And uh, albeit, I am not a, uh, you know, I know of, I knew who he was, but I was not necessarily a, a Prince fan. But as I was thinking about it, I, uh, I can identify two movies now that I identify with Prince. Yeah. Uh, one of them being Batman, obviously 1989 Batman. Absolutely. But the other one being Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Yeah. Uh, because Jay and Silent Bob were huge. Yep. Uh, Prince and also The Time. Yeah. Uh, fans of Prince and, and The Time. So, so there's two. Yeah, no, and and like I said, um, we'll be talking about later, which I'm really excited about, is how how music uh, kind of influences with with the movies and and Prince. He would take his songs and actually would write them, obviously for the movie. He kind of have them and keep them in mind. And what was kind of cool is one of the songs that we're going to talk about. He actually knew what it was going to be and what part of the movie it was going to be in. They already kind of had that idea. Oh, which so, was that? So, the song Party Man. They already kind of knew that Joker was going to be involved and that he was going to be playing around and kind of goofy. And if you look at it, that's kind of where that beat came from because it was playful and jumping around and everything like that. You know, as a kid, I really was kind of delayed when it came to appreciating mm-hmm. music. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I, I was always much more interested in movies. And so my musical tastes were very much derived from movies that I saw. And when I first saw Batman, and I I remember, you know, getting the Batman soundtrack and just listening to all of those great tracks. Uh, Party Man, uh, I don't know what the... Is that the same one that's playing uh, when he's in the museum and trashing everything? No, Trust is the one that's playing... At uh, the parade. At the the parade. Um, And then Bat Dance. Yeah. See, for me, I, I liked the two that were actually in the movie. Bat Dance, for me, was a good song. It was a funny video. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, but it's kind of silly. It was, it was not one that I was like, I have to I have to listen to this. Now, now you know. Well, as a 10-year-old boy, it's like, oh, my God, someone's made a song about Batman. Right. Oh, oh. It's, exactly. It's See, look, this is a sign. Uh, uh, Batman's cool because Prince is writing a song about him. That's right. Um, Meanwhile, he's being paid a shit ton of money. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, so uh, yeah, definitely the the music community has has lost uh, a, a legend, and Absolutely. certainly re- rest in peace, Prince. So, 
Uh, we can we can go ahead. I don't know that we have a, a, a spot uh, necessarily on the outline to talk about uh, music uh, in, in we'll movies. We'll do it around with the movies. movies. Okay. All right. In, around movie talk. Okay, yeah. sure. Uh, so what's going on in the world of comics? So book report, we're going to talk about The Rocketeer. Yes. Uh, it is actually mm-hmm. called Rocketeer at War. Is this ID? Yeah, it is IDW. It is an they IDW. are really good. They, are, I really like the the. I mean, they've just they have put out some of the the best in uh, independent. Yeah. Um. So it's funny because you and I just watched the Rocketeer last weekend. And yeah. Yeah. Um. You know, one of the in my opinion, I mean, it's it's up there as one of my greatest comic book movies of all time. Right. And what I what I kind of thought funny was you know your wife and my girlfriend had never seen them before. They'd never seen the movie before, right. so for us, you know, I, I, this was this was my movie. For anyone who who knows me, um, my my genre is like that nineteen thirties forties style superheroes. You know, I really loved the that shadow, right? The, like shadow, the shadow, the Phantom, you know, uh, Flash Gordon, mm-hmm. uh, the Rocketeer. I love those styles. I, I you know, I, I always thought they were really interesting. So for me as a kid. You know, I thought it was the greatest thing in the world, and I would check under people's seats all the time and praying to God there was a rocket underneath it. But, you know, I'd never found one. <laughs> you, you never, you, you still? No, no. Are you still looking? No. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> it's, right. it's all right. We all have to have dreams. We all so, have to have dreams, Chris. All right, so this, this has come out um, very recently. This was printed in December, the first issue. And uh, Rocketeer at War. <laughs> and what are what are we now in? Yeah, April. <laughs> so, so so all right, we're a little behind. <laughs> all right, so it's new to us. <laughs> it was it's written by Mark Guggenheim. Uh, the art was done by uh, Dave Bullock, and it is just abs story. This is one that I'm really excited about because the artwork and the story, both of them, are beautiful. It's not where one beats the other. It's they're right there neck and neck. The artwork reminds me a bit of Darwin Cook. It reminds mm-hmm. me a, a little bit of uh, the New Frontier. Yeah, absolutely. Was, was Dar- Darwin Cook was the artist. He was the artist on that, wasn't he? I think so. I hope so. Oh, yeah, I really I hope, hope so. so. I, oh God. Oh man, that's going to be a terrible email. Okay. So um, basically, th- but the cool thing about this one is the first issue that came out. It actually came in three different covers. Um, they had a main cover, a subscription cover when you subscribe to IDW, and then also a fried pie retailer, which is the one that I actually picked. I thought it looked really cool. Had the Rocketeer on front, had his big pistol, you know, up in the air, and um, but the story takes place as uh, World War II is underway. It kind of picks up where the movie left off. I mean it, it it there are mentions of events in you know from the Rocketeer movie uh in this book. So I mean it's definitely a sequel yes. to the, the the Disney movie. Uh, yep. Yep. And what I really like is, you know, they're showing off the the Rocketeer. They they have like a a test going on, you know, him jumping literally flying through hoops and all this kind of stuff and something happens. He hits one of the hoops, flies around. The guy ends. He ends up hitting the ground and dying. Spoilers, of course. <laughs> but it comes to find out, it is not Cliff. Clifford Secord. That's right, Secord. So Cliff Secord obviously gave up the rocket, gave it to the government. The government wants to use it, but they didn't want to use him. So um, 
at this point... Well, they, I don't know. They leave that sort of vague in it, don't they? I mean, they just sort of say... Uh, this is takes place during a conversation that Cliff is having with one of his superiors, and he's saying, well, you, you did the right thing. You turned your rocket right. over uh, once war was declared, or, just, or like the day after you signed up for the, the army. So... Uh, so I don't know. I don't know if they if they make it really. I don't. Maybe they'll delve into that later. I haven't yeah. read issue issue two yet, but I've I've got it on, uh, on so, comicology. But what you actually find out is that Cliff has obviously been drafted. Um, he has not been shipped to uh, Germany. He hasn't been shipped to France. Where has he been shipped? North Africa. So you know he's over there, and he actually they actually make him kind of thin. Um, not really scrawny, but... He doesn't... Re- they definitely weren't wanting him to resemble Billy Campbell. No, who, no, no. Who, who plays him in the, in the movies. He definitely looks looks more kind of akin to, like, Bucky Barnes. Yeah, I was going to say, he kind of looks more like a kid than, than really anything. And, um, but he comes to find out he's actually a decent soldier. Um, you know, he sees a plane get shot down, he runs over... And he actually saves the pilot, and it ter- comes to turn to find out she's an English pilot. And I said, she. It is a female. And it's... Roxy. Roxy, yes. They, and on her plane, it literally says Foxy Roxy. How, you know... How do I put this? How how conceited can you be when the pinup is of you? It's of, yeah, that's... I didn't really think about that, but you're you're right. You have to be... Uh, a bit uh, a bit conceited when it's like the hot chick on on the side of your plane is is you i don't know if that's uh, yeah i i guess if you got it flaunted i mean if you're such a badass chick that like you're hot and you can fly an airplane and shoot down nazis right i'm giving her a pass on this chris well so this is lieutenant molly o'hara but they all call her roxy um so which i I was saying to you earlier reminds me I'm wondering if they're kind of like taken a little bit from the Batman animated universe. There was a a, a character that was called uh, Roxy Rocket. Yeah. And uh, she um, she was on the on both the Superman and Batman animated series, and she was a redhead, and she rode on a rocket. So I um I don't know if that's a homage or a ripoff or, or whatever. What. Maybe it's just a maybe it's a mind blank where he's like, oh well, I had this dream where actually he was watching batman maybe <laughs> um you know I think, I think maybe it was where the person that wrote that is no one will notice <laughs> no. so anyway so you know he we goes, noticed yeah we noticed we noticed idw um so he goes obviously back to base you know and all the guys are kind of just giving him crap for all that he did and he gets mail and of course betty is sending her love and of course Betty is made to look up, not Jenny as it is in the movie, but Betty is, of course, to look like Betty Page. Right, 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 right. Who actually, in previous comics, has been the Rocketeer. She actually... She was the, she was the inspiration for... Betty Page was the inspiration for, for the his Rocketeer's girlfriend. girlfriend? Yeah, okay. but okay. she's actually... Um, Betty, this Betty has actually been the Rocketeer. She, she, really? Cliff, Cliff was captured, and she actually had to go and save him. Where she, All she wore, though, were... High heels, thigh highs, his jacket, his helmet, and the jetpack. Oh, I, I. Uh, so am I a weird guy that that's doing something for me? I think <laughs> I, I think that, that that's that, that's it's a little weird. It's a little, so let's move on. Let's let's right. let's. We'll so while we're out. there, yeah, right. Um, I'm keeping that in there. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. So you know, uh, Cliff of all things, he isn't a pilot. He's a mechanic. 
That's that's his job. Yeah, I found that strange. I felt, I mean, in the movie, they, I mean, he, he's established Cliff, Cliff's a pilot, so he's a I'm, racing pilot. Maybe they'll give us a uh, an explanation in the later issues as to why he's a mechanic and not a pilot. It just seems like a wasted resource that mm-hmm. he wouldn't be. A- well, he even says he goes, "I hate running. This is why I much prefer flying." You know, so it kind of shows still. Yeah, that's what. That's why I'm. I'm hoping that they use that as part of the story. That maybe they explain why he's not flying. Uh, yeah. Because it just seem it just makes sense. It's like it's World War Two. He volunteers. The guy's a guy's a pilot. Maybe maybe there's a reason. I, I don't so, know. So well, anyway, there's a saboteur, of course. I mean, you can't have a, kind of a spy, you know, novel without a saboteur. No, no, of course. German goes and steals a uh, a part from a plane, and he jumps and drives this truck, this jeep. Straight over a cliff. And of course, guys, what does he have on? Not a rocket pack. He is a flying friggin' squirrel. Ah, the flying squirrel man, yeah. yeah. So, das, is good. das flying squirrel. Das flying squirrel. So, it's cool, but, you know. You're not digging the flying squirrel? I am, but where's his propulsion? How's that gonna work? Well, I mean, I mean he, yeah, I mean, the physics of it are definitely a little wonky. I mean, because during the the chase, Cliff grabs onto his leg, Boot. and so they clearly would have plummeted to their death. But you can't have that happen in a no, comic no, book. No, you no. Especially have, the first issue. You got to have the car- cartoon physics of it. But this has this comic has a really great sort of uh, Indiana Jones yes. uh, vibe to it. I, I really liked it. I, I really enjoyed it. Indiana Jones slash Captain America. Yeah, yeah. Avenger and vibe to it. Of course, cool thing. Oh, I did not see that. I didn't get that yeah. in my digital copy. The, it, see, that's why we buy print is because in the center of the comic book, it actually comes with a poster, which is the uh, the first cover, actually. That's the uh, the main cover that was released. So where did, where did you you get this? So for we're, I we're actually, located in the Central Florida area. So where where do you get most of your comic books? Well, I mean, it, it depends. There's a lot of local shops and stuff like that. This I actually found at uh, Books a Million. Okay, so, All right. but um, you know, the greatest thing happens, of course, since Cliff was able to, you know, get the part back and all that kind of stuff. What do they offer him? The rocket. So now. Because he's the only one who can actually operate it efficiently. He is now on an official task force where he is the Rocketeer. So. The adventure begins. That yeah. is that is great. I'm really yeah. excited to re- keep reading this. Um, IDW could maybe be our our uh, our homework our um, very well you know book report for for next week because yeah. it's uploaded to my Comicology yeah. uh, issue two. So so I'm gonna, I'm going to say it now. If you get the chance. Go on out and read it. It, it is a fantastic adventure. I, I think I'm I'm actually this is a comic I'm excited about. It's available on Comicology as I as I kept and I keep mix, mispronouncing it. It's comicsology.com. You can get a digital copy or you know go down to your local comic book store. We gotta you know we gotta yeah. actually go to these brick and mortar places and and buy like actual things. We want to keep these places in business so the nerds and geeks you know we have a place to sit and talk and commune about these right. things. All right, uh, so let, let's go on to our, our next book report, which is uh, uh, Batman v. Ninja Turtles. Um, I don't think it's versus Ninja Turtles, is it? Uh, it's it, you know I'm just making ever since Batman v. Superman, everything's just v. Everything's okay. a court case with with me now. So you're a little bit ahead of me in this. So yes. I'm I'm just up on on issue two. 
Um, so this is a crossover between DC now, Comics this, and IDW. This is funny for me, man. IDW's been putting out a lot of crossovers lately. Mm-hmm. Um, they did Ghostbusters and the Ninja Turtles. They did. I like go- that one. They did the Ghostbusters, where it was the IDW Ghostbusters and the '80s Ghostbusters. The real, the real Ghostbusters from the cartoon. Right, and now apparently the Ninja Turtles can't stay in their home, so it is the Ninja Turtles come to Gotham City, and they're with, of course, the Dark Knight. And would they not just fit? Right in. I mean, with all of the just the weirdos walking around Gotham City, I mean, they don't need to hide. They don't. I mean, oh. you have a Killer Croc dude. I was just gonna say you could put a bandana on Killer Croc and he could join them. He It'd could be, great. be. He could be. Yeah. Well, they had like a, a slash. They had slash, but they also had a guy called uh, I think his name was Leatherhead. He was yeah, the, the alligator. He, he was the alligator, and yeah. he talked with a Cajun accent. So, so really, if if there's any place where the Ninja Turtles could walk around and just kind of be perceived as not an oddity I, I i think definitely it's it's the dcu yeah so it's um the turtles end up coming through a portal uh actually krang is the one who sends them there and when the shredder shredder and the foot clan they're all tra- they're trapped yep there yep and the thing is it's kind of cool is in this comic um krang and, and the foot clan aren't working together it's basically like a a, a three-way attack so oh hang on there. yeah exactly it's it's every nerd's dream. It's not that kind of comic. <laughs> yeah. So you've got Krang with you know the dimensional beings. You've got the Foot Clan, and then you have the Turtles. Yeah, and you're talking about like in the IDW continuity. Well, it's... yeah, and also with this too, they actually explain that too. So the they're maintaining is... they're maintaining the continuity yeah. from from yeah. The... Um, Shredder is actually a badass, which is kind of cool. Oh yeah, the the Shredder they have in the IDW comic books. I mean, he's he's he definitely a, a, a formidable. The villain. only thing that it's kind of weird for me in the art is he doesn't have any pupils. Yeah, his eyes are just white. He has like those scorpion, like from Mortal yeah, Kombat yeah. eyes. Yeah. Same with uh, Splinter. Splinter's the same way. It's kind of weird. I think the fact that he's a talking rat, I'm I'm okay with him not having pupils in his eyes. But but yeah, that that shredder thing with no so, eyes freaks me out. Um. So but it's kind of a the scenario of this story. They're kind of running up against the clock because. They're not supposed yeah. to be the the turtles and Shredder and the Foot Clan. They're not supposed to be in the DCU, right? And there are consequences if they stay, yeah, in the the DCU. So, why don't you talk a little bit about that? Well, basically, they've they've you know done their math and homework and whatever. Basically, if they're there for a longer amount of time, I think it's only forty eight hours. If they're longer than that, they'll actually revert back to being whatever they originally were. So they will not have. Like turtle. I mean, they'll turn into regular turtles. turtles and a rat. Mm. And you know, in a later comic, um, Shredder actually makes the comment, "I can't wait for you to turn, so that way I can step on your rat spine." You know, and or says, fight- I can crush that- your spine with my heel. Them's you know? fighting words. Wow. So they enlist the help of, of course, one of the smartest men there, Batman. Batman. And at first, he doesn't really know. Kind of, he does, of course. I mean, he's fighting Killer Croc. He's fighting Clayface. So he's just, he must think that like the turtles were like Killer Crocs, like four cousins or or, Maybe. or something like that. Um, another thing too, I noticed with the artwork that I kind of liked is they're actually the artwork of the turtles is actually uh, looking more like um, the cartoon series on Nickelodeon. If you look at Donatello, he actually has the gap in his teeth. That's kind of a new thing that they've been doing. Um, I have it up on a comic solid so right now. When so when Shredder gets to Gotham, he actually befriends a local arms dealer named Oswald Cobblepot or the Penguin. 
But I, I, I like that. But the thing is, that's kind of neat for me is Shredder basically tells him, I don't work for you. You work for me. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. Th- this Shredder is not to be trifled with. Yeah. He's like, you're basically just going to do what I tell you or I'm going to kill you. Yeah. I mean, and he actually attempts to do so. Um, so it's, it's, you know, it's kind of neat because the turtles end up finding their way into the Batcave. <laughs> I love this. Just Michelangelo in the Batcave. This is everything I've ever wanted in my entire life. And the picture it has Michelangelo oh, riding the T Rex. Awesome. And you know they're all going through. They're looking at the suits. They're looking at a bunch of stuff. Oh. And Michelangelo is just freaking out because he's got a giant penny. Donatello's in love because he's got the giant bat computer that all that money can buy. You know what it is though, Chris. This is us. Like, I feel like if we could somehow, like, be transported into, yeah. like, the Batcave, yeah. like, the Ninja Turtles are kind of taking, I mean, they're they're us in the, the reader in this story. We'd totally be geeking out if we were inside the Batcave, climbing up on top of the giant T-Rex, geeking out over all the toys and everything. So, I, I really like that. Yep. I, I, I really like that. That was, um, I'm not all the way through it, but I, I've, I've liked what I've read. I... I'm a big fan of crossovers. Yeah. I, I love just seeing characters that shouldn't be together, have right. no reason to be together, right. uh, just thrown together in well, situations. that was like another one I, IDW had just recently done. They did Zorro and uh, Django. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that. And that was another fantastic series. I really like these crossovers that they've been doing a lot of. Um, but it's, you know... It's kind of neat because you actually see later on that, uh, you know, the alarms go off down in the Batcave and it's actually Alfred who set them off so that way he can trap the turtles because he thinks that they're villains. Oh. He doesn't understand. He doesn't know yet because he doesn't, he didn't explain it to, um, you know, Bruce didn't explain it to him, of course. But, um, see, look at He's got the little gap in his teeth. That's and, right. That's you know, right. It's it's cool. Uh, like I said, Splinter's kind of weird. He's still got like the Fu Manchu going on, but he kind of looks more like a wolf than a rat with just big ass teeth. Huh. Well, so really, I mean, I I, I really enjoy this. I can't wait to to finish it. I'm I'm way behind in all of my comics. So, so once that's again, why, that's why you're my curator. Right. You kind of read everything on my comicsology and tell me what's good and what's what's not good. So basically guys, these are the two, you know, um, comics that that we've given out. Is if you want to read them, read them. Um, if you if you don't find them interesting, you know, then don't give a crap and just free we'll keep will applies, about. I guess. Is Absolutely. What we're saying Absolutely. You but you don't have to. But from us, I will tell you that you we know, will come to your house though if and force you to read them if you if you yeah. don't read them. But I will say it though, honestly, from you know one one comic reader, one nerd to another, these are actually decent. These aren't you know actually these aren't terrible, and these aren't pandering to. Oh, the artwork's beautiful in both yeah. of them, and uh, I think the writing's very good also. Right. All right. So what do we got? Uh, well, we're going to talk about comic book trends. So I guess we'll, we'll split this between talking about uh, the rise of the independent comic book and then also uh, use of uh, music in comic book movies and, and movies in general. So, That'll work. Um, you know, it's it's funny. For the longest time, I mean, it was always just Marvel and DC. Yep. I mean, they were they were the big two. And then, you know, around the, you know, I'm a little bit older than you, so I remember in in the '90s when Image really yeah hit their stride and. Um, it was all about, uh, you know, we had 
these characters like that had never existed before. We had Spawn and we had the Max and right. and we had Savage Dragon. Oh, I was just and... gonna say Savage Dragon. I thought he was the funniest thing ever. Here's a cop, but he's got a giant fin on his head. Yeah, I mean, it, it was just it, it. It was such a departure from what we had yeah. seen before, and I really think that you know we can credit Image for some of the new trends that we're seeing with characters now. Um, like, you know, in Dark Horse and Vertigo and all those other, you know, the low budgets. But they ended up being bought out, obviously, by the, the big conglomerates. Well, like, um, even with Image, Jim Lee was one of the one of the original creators oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, at, at Image. And he ended up going back to DC, accepting a, an editorial position there. And DC bought Wildstorm from him, so... The Wildcats, you remember yeah. the, the Wildcats? They yeah. were image characters. Now they exist in the, the, DC in the DCU. Uh, but I mean, so I mean, you have to mention Image, I think, because yeah. they're really they they were the ones with the balls to really challenge and to put Marvel things out DC. there that you know not only were you know something that that people would look at and go, oh, okay, but it was actually interesting. These the artwork was beautiful. This is stuff that that people wanted to read. It wasn't one of those where they went all hipster and were like, well, I'm reading these because they're not mainstream and you don't know anything about them, you know? And no, no, I think it, I think it was very much about trying to be, uh, in some cases, very very original and, and try to tell some stories that hadn't been told before. Yeah. I mean, I, I think about a, a character like like Spawn. Uh, visually, I, I mean, I think it, there's a lot sort of cribbed from from Batman and, oh, and yeah. Spider-Man, but the story of itself, the idea of this, you know, we have this uh, very much an anti-hero. Oh this, yeah. Uh, this man who uh, you know is a soldier. He's killed in the line of duty. Yep. Sells his soul to the devil. Comes back, and the, the a really interesting plot point is every time he uses his powers, it kills him a little yep. bit more. Brings him one more stepper, step stepper. Well, brings, stepper. Brings him one more stepper back to die. <laughs> brings him one more step closer back to dying and returning back to to hell. Right. Uh, I mean, what an interesting concept. I don't think that we had ever seen anything like that. Right. Before. And that would make you think too. You know, with the character that he would look and go, okay, is this really worth it? Is this really worth me using all my powers for? It's the ultimate bind because, uh, and uh, yeah, it's either you. You sit on your ass and you see just the world just you know kind of go to hell in or, front of you uh, and do nothing, or you you try to do something about it. You try yeah. to you uh, you try to right wrongs. You try to protect innocent people, and then you bring yourself closer to hell. So it was it, it was a great. I mean, it was a really unique story. So so now all of that you know image you know kind of came. They've uh, still very successful, but yeah, they paved the way now for yeah. IDW. Yeah. Um, you know, we mentioned earlier we were talking about uh, the, the Rocketeer, Batman v Ninja Turtles. I yeah, mean, they've got yeah. some some. They've managed to take some really great movie properties, right, and turn them into, into great. Comic One of my stories. all-time favorites. They they took the Ghostbusters and actually made like um, an entire world around them. Now, not only do you have the Ghostbusters, but you have the Ghost Smashers. You have you know. Um, different characters and thrown into this that that normally you know you wouldn't you wouldn't have seen. In one of the things I love about the, the Ghost Smashers, and for those of you who haven't read Ghostbusters, what, what Ghost Smashers was was it was supposed to be like a rival sort of Pepsi to their Coke. Right. But, What's actually kind of funny though, do you know where they got the name? No, no. Ghost Smashers was actually the original name to the Ghostbusters movie. Oh, was it? Yes. So that's where they came up with Probably that. because there was already a television show in existence before Ghostbusters yes. that was called Ghostbusters. They would travel around in like an old beat up car with like a, a monkey. With a monkey. They yeah, had a monkey. Yeah. 
Um, there was a guy in a, in a flight cap, I remember. In the, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I was going to say was interesting is the comic book allows them to do some things that they maybe didn't have a chance to do in the movie world. Uh, in Ghost Smashers, there is the one of the lead characters in of the of the Ghost Smashers of their competition is a character who very much resembles Chevy Chase. Oh my God! In a heartbeat. I mean, they put him in a pig suit. You know, kind of a kind of a callback to the uh, European vacation uh, when when Clark is uh, Griswold is dressed up in the pig and the poke. Pig and the poke. Yeah, yeah. We'll be pigs. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll, we'll be pigs. Yeah. Yeah. Guten Tag. My family and I are looking for sex. Yes. Schweinhund. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the the rise of the independent comic book has just allowed for just a lot of really cool things to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my my favorite uh, too, Chris is. Um, Dark Horse, uh, Alien versus Predator. Yeah, uh, they, absolutely. The, the original four issue series of Alien versus Predator. If you have not read that, I I, I heartily recommend it. Uh, they uh, for, forget about the movie. I mean, the, the movie I would I would give a C if even that. Uh, the uh, the comic book just really managed to kind of capture the the world of Alien and introduce Predator in a very or- organic way. So so anyway, that uh, since we're doing kind of two comic book trends, why don't we move on from the rise of the independent comic and just talk a little bit of, about uh, uh, music in uh, you know in movies since we're yeah leading right. into movie so talk with like, that anyway. Like we said, you know, with um, with Prince and and you know it made. A lot of that made the Batman movie. I mean, that actually made the Batman movie. You know, one of my favorite scenes is is the museum scene where he's Joker comes in and he's just tearing this place apart. And you know, you got Prince blaring in the background. Right. I mean, all hail new king in town. I won't. I won't destroy anyone else's ears with my singing. But I mean, like I said, the soundtrack to it. Um, Another comic book movie. A little earlier, but one of my all-time favorites, Flash Gordon. The entire soundtrack Queen. is done by Queen. Queen. And it is yeah. just amazing. And, you know... Thank you. Thank you for saving every one of us. <laughs> you're welcome. Oh, you acknowledged it. You acknowledged it. So, you know, um, trying, The Rocketeer, we talked about that too. Now, now James there, Horner. James yes. Horner. Let me just... I mean, no longer with us... Uh, in my mind, probably one of the the greatest composers uh, for some of my favorite movies. Uh, the list goes on: Rocketeer, um, Star Trek II, Krull, uh, you know, t- Titanic. Um, he even composed, I think, for well, one of the the Sam Raimi Spider-Man yes, movies. Yes, I think it was the second one. Okay, um, yeah, just I mean, we have these fantastic artists that have really just created uh just added a layer of dimension uh to to these things that 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 we love when you think about it too uh the the music almost becomes a character oh absolutely um i mean how can we oh my god i mean it's staring me right in the face right now uh john williams yeah superman i mean that that mute i mean when you hear that everybody knows who you're talking about or, or what you're doing see but if you want to go like old school too i can i can joke with it think about it you know like the, the captain america theme song when it was the tv show you know was that uh when captain america yes. throws his mighty shield but I, i'm joking no but, no okay so but even even still like I, I know it's comic book but it was really you know movie wise think of like lord of the rings i mean that soundtrack 
Oh, it's, really, de- it's iconic, definitely. Really what set it, because if I play that for people, people know exactly what it's from. So, I mean... What, what are some of your favorite uh, pairings of, of music with, with a movie? We want to hear about it. So uh, send, email us at justusnerdspc at gmail.com. Take part in the conversation. We, we want to know what, what you think. Absolutely. All right. So let's do a little movie talk. So we'll start the comic book room. Well, it's not really rumor anymore. Well... Keaton's out. Well, we'll talk about that. Yeah, let me let me they start must off. They heard our podcast and said, "Oh, this Beetlejuice on a glider. We don't like that." Oh, I don't like the idea. We've so Michael Keaton is no longer in talks for uh, Marvel. So apparently, I don't know. Maybe he wants to be in, you know, Beetlejuice. Too, oh, you or... know, he's just he's just busy winning. You know, being in Oscar nominated movies is all. You know, it is is what it is. All right, so let's start. Um, but but so. Keaton's out. Keaton's but, out. Yeah. Uh, uh, Go ahead. We got in. Uh, Tell him. Robert Downey Jr. will be appearing in Spider-Man Homecoming. But, I mean, you kind of knew that was going to happen. I have a feeling that the Tony Stark appearance is going to be like the Samuel Jackson appearances. Um, yeah, just gonna, yeah, sure. But he makes, pretty much what I've read and everything like that is it looks like Tony Stark makes Parker's suit for him. I mean, it, it's definitely. We haven't seen Civil War yet, but it, it, I think yeah. everyone. Come on, every person that kid that, ain't making that suit. I don't know. I think it'll be very. I think this will be a very different conversation once you and I have both seen Civil Absolutely. War. But I, I was just, I was tickled by this in like all the right places. Yeah, this no. was this this just like I was so tickled by this news when I heard this. I love. I was so excited when I heard that Spider Man was going to be part of the MCU. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I love the fact that you know Sony. This is going to be the Spider Man movie is going to be a Sony movie, but they're bringing Marvel characters into it, just further cementing that he is part of that world. And, and honestly, it's just it's not it's not a Marvel universe if you don't have Spider Man in it. No, and I agree with that. And what I'm kind of excited about what they did with with that. I know we're not talking about you know uh, Robert Downey Jr. Brett. I'm really excited that they went younger with Spider-Man. I don't have a 20-year-old, you know. Yeah, you don't want a 40-year-old I really Spider-Man don't want a 40-year-old Spider-Man. Playing a 19-year-old. I kind of like that because he will be that, you know, the great power comes with great responsibility. Like, here's this kid and he's hanging out with the Avengers. And, you know, he's got an 80-year-old Captain America and the Hulk and Thor. And he here's this kid... Who's you know trying to fit in and how he's going to work his way into the, the team? Kind of like what I said with the Ninja Turtles v Batman. He he's us. Yes. Like he is. He I feel as I mean he he's he's us. Oh, and he he, re- he represents us in in a way. Kind of this newcomer to this world and and someone who maybe geeks out about the ability to hang out with these people as right. much as we might do it if we had the well, opportunity. Well, and what's kind of cool is they already have this set up. Like you know the event the Avengers have already been made they're already together you know here's this huge team and he's seen them on the tv and now all of a sudden he gets to hang out he with, gets them. To hang so with it's, them it's like everything that we've ever wanted uh that, that i i can't wait to see it. i'm so excited for civil war and i'm so excited by this news hearing that, that uh, robert downey jr is going to be in, in all right Spider-Man. now this is one that i'm actually really excited about now to go to the opposite side of dc they've just announced an undisclosed role for the movie justice league and who is it? None other than Mr. Willem Dafoe. Willem Green Goblin Dafoe. Right, right. So, you know... Who do you think he's going to play? 
Well, I mean, there there are rumors all over the place, all over the place. Just you know, they're they're naming people like they're actually. I've heard John John Jones. All right, John Jones is the number one that I've heard. I've heard Martian Manhunter, which for me seems logical, but not really. Now here's the thing too: people are also saying uh, Batman vs Superman has taken place twenty years. Uh, after Batman's career, kind of the older Batman. Mm-hmm. They're saying he could be playing an older um, Ollie. So, an Oliver Queen. An oh older my God, Oliver I Queen. love Chris. I didn't even think of that. I love that. And we, I love it. And what's kind of cool is he's already shown, Willem Dafoe has already shown that he can kick somebody's ass. If you've ever seen the movie John Wick, he plays an assassin in that, and it's just absolutely awesome. He does a lot of hand-to-hand combat, and he was also didn't he? He played a soldier in one of the uh, Jack uh, Jack Ryan movies, yeah. either Clear and Present Danger yeah. or um, I think it was Clear and Present. He plays a like a commando, like a like a soldier, and uh, Boondock Saints. It, yeah, he was a detective. Kick, in that. Kicks a lot of ass in, yeah. in Boondock Saints, but. You know, so they were saying that he's going to be an older Ollie, which would be kind of cool. Oh, I would love that. But one that I heard, this one actually kind of makes sense. Black Canary? No, no. They are saying that the Joker that we're seeing with Jared Leto is not the Joker. They're saying that that's Jason Todd. And that Willem Dafoe is going to be the original Joker. Really? Mm-hmm. So I heard the rumors though that he's going to be playing a hero role, but I, I, who knows? I would. I mean, he. You know, he's an actor that has such an expressive face yeah. that. Uh, I mean, I would love to see him as the Joker. I don't think that they're going to do that. Uh, but but again, I think it'll be a very different conversation right. once we've seen Suicide Squad and we learn right. maybe a little more about well, the, about the Joker. And the one that I heard and I laughed really hard at it, but then I looked at it and I was like. I know they're not going to use him for Justice League. I absolutely know they're not going to use his character. But somebody brought up Etrigan. Oh, the, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He could be playing the demon. And I was looking and I'm like, okay, really funny. I think it would work. However, <laughs> no way are they putting the demon into Justice League right now. Maybe he plays uh, Jason Blood. I don't I don't know. Uh, Nobody uh, knows. I, uh, no, I really like your Green Arrow idea. Uh, I, uh, I like that a lot. So... Whatever it is, it really doesn't matter. Willem Dafoe is an amazing actor, so anytime you're adding talent to something, uh, it's just going to make it right. better. So, all right, now on to casting call. Casting call. All right. Absolutely excited. All right. So, like I told you, James and I randomly pl- picked a genre, um, a, a generation, if you will, of time era. So James picked '80s, I picked '90s. And we picked a certain type. So for this one, we're doing our Justice League movie. So James will be using 80s actors. I will be using 90s actors. And if you come up with your own list or you think that my list sucks and you want someone better, please hit us up on on the email. That'd be great. I'd love to read them. And actually, you know, when I get them, I'll read them out loud and, and, you know, tell you what I think of them or or if they're garbage. So, um, all right, let's hit it off. Well, that'll really... uh... That'll really encourage people hey, to want to write. Listen, listen. <laughs> I have said this before. If we I, think your idea sucks. We'll tell you. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell it to you straight. All right. All right. So we're gonna start with the. So the year was 1980. <laughs> All right. So this is this is my 1980s Justice League movie. If right. I had my way and I could cast the 1980s Justice League movie, who would I cast? All right. So. For Batman, of course, I have Michael Keaton because I, I want to. I really want to create kind of a Tim Burton, Richard Donner kind of verse sort of thing. Okay, 
So uh, Michael Keaton is Batman. Christopher Reeve, of course, is Superman. So this is before the horse. This is before. Oh, you had to. Why do you have to go? Why you, too soon. Too I'm soon. sorry. Why do you have to go? I'm there? sorry. Um, Eric Stoltz as uh, as the Flash. All right, Eric Stoltz. Uh, Eric Stoltz has been. I mean, he's been around forever. What, uh, okay, just to explain it home if people fiction, don't know. Yeah, you remember uh, when. Uh, Vincent Vega goes to his drug dealer's house. Yeah. And they have to do the epinephrine yeah, yeah, yeah. shot. That was Eric Stoltz. Oh, yeah, okay. But back in the day, he was kind of like a brat packer. He was like in movies with like Robert Downey Jr. Oh, okay. He's like in John Hughes movies and stuff like oh. that. So uh, I, so incidentally, he'd be playing Wally West Flash. Yeah. Um, Linda Carter as Wonder Woman. Well, I mean, that's kind of an obvious. Uh, it, absolutely. This is, this is my all-star dream team cast. Green Lantern, I, I, we could go one of two ways here. I, I think uh, Dennis Quaid is Hal Jordan. Now, we're talking Green like Lantern. inner space Dennis Quaid. This is so. like inner space, cocky uh, pilot, you know, with a sort of swagger, yeah. sort of Hal, Hal Jordan. Or, and I don't know if he would would have been too young, Denzel Washington as uh, uh, John uh, John Stewart uh, wouldn't Green be Lantern. Te- wouldn't be terrible. He'd be a younger Green Lantern if, if, if this is my '80s cast. But I right. mean, he, he's a great actor, and uh, and I would love to see him uh, play uh, play uh, a comic book character. I don't know if it's ever going to happen in our lifetime, though. He's an amazing actor. Uh, John Jones, okay, Martian Manhunter, voiced by Darth Vader, James Earl Jones. Okay, but who would? How would you do? Would you just do somebody in a suit and opening he, his mouth? He, he would be yeah, so like uh, CGI. Oh God, it's going to be claymation because it's, it's gonna, the eighties. It's the eighties, so yeah, it's going to be it's going to be full on. You're going to see a Gumby walking through see, next to Christopher Reeves. Gumby, Gumby talking like <laughs> talking like James Earl Jones. Uh, uh, Hot girl, uh, Holly Hunter. Yes, uh, uh, great actress. Yes, just really conveys that kind of tough as nails, kind mm-hmm. of beautiful, but but very. Very tough, you know. Hey, let's give her a southern twang. You know what? Hot girls never had a southern twang. She was one of the first let's, people I uh, fell in love with. Let's give her. Let's give her a southern twang. Yeah. That Solomon Grundy song, bitch. Yeah. I can hear it. I can. I can yeah, hear it. It yeah, works. Yeah. It works. Lex Luthor, of course. Gene Hackman, Joker, Jack Nicholson. All right. Now, here. Here are my kind of my creative. Uh, creative. Creative. Creative choices here. Yes. Scarecrow. Are you ready? John Lithgow. Now, you know what's great is if you guys have actually seen um, the the series Dexter, John Lithgow plays a serial killer. And by far, by far, John Lithgow was probably the scariest person that was on that show. He he is one of my favorite actors. He's a a classically trained actor. Uh, but he's really good at he can play a good guy, but he can play a a, a villain. Yo, yeah, uh, I mean and be menacing. And you know, I can give you two examples. Look at Harry and the Hendersons. Right. Okay, and he's the happy dad and everything like that. Great. And then Cliffhanger. Oh, perfect. Bad guy and Cliffhanger. Perfect. And perfect. It's just you get that, you know, that but he's another thing about him that I like actually as a human being. He doesn't take himself too serious. And and the thing about the scarecrow too is that the, the ironic thing I guess is deep down the scarecrow's a coward. Yes. I mean he he manipulates fear, but he himself is afraid. And I could see John Lithgow Perfectly playing that mixture of menace, but then also when Batman's finally beating the shit out of him, uh, you know, cowering, giving and, up, you know, and giving up. Don't don't hurt me, please, Mister Batman. Um, so yeah, I would love, I would have loved to seen a, a John, John Lithgow scarecrow, uh, Cheetah, uh, Daryl Hannah. Yeah, uh, of course, you know, very beautiful actress, but also uh, very 
you know, there's a physicality to her that I think would, would have been really great for, for Cheetah. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of her kind of, uh, again, circa 1980, sort of Blade Runner. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Daryl Hannah as, as, as Cheetah. Um, Professor Zoom, a.k.a. known as Reverse Flash. Uh, I'm going to go to another uh, Blade Runner alum, uh, Rutger Hauer. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. I, I think he would, uh, he's just, again, just a very good at playing sort of uh, that blend of sort of menic, uh, menace and sort of I'm an arrogant prick sort of yeah. uh, vibe yeah. he's good at giving off and I think really would do well for, for a character like Zoom. Yeah. Uh, Sinestro, um, Leonard Nimoy... And this is young Leonard Nimoy. This, is this isn't young, like old, scary-looking, no, no, wrinkled, bag face. No, this is young Leonard Nimoy. We've already seen him with pointy ears. Let's just see him with pointy ears and, and that pink. Pink, pink skin. Give him the pink skin. And just did the evil mustache already like the evil Spock. And I mean, like like your shirt. Yeah, yeah. Mirror, Chris is wearing a, a shirt paying homage to the uh, Mirror Mirror episode of the original Star Trek. So evil Spock goatee. Yeah, I think that'd be excellent. And. Starring and playing a dual role in this film, Christopher Reeve as Bizarro. I'd kind of like to see that, but to be honest, you know what Superman I like better? Was it Superman 2 or 3 where he's sitting at the bar and drinking all the time? It was 3. Yeah! It was 3. I want that Superman That's as close to Bizarro as I think you and I are ever going to see on the screen. Yeah. He gets exposed to the red... No, it wasn't red kryptonite. It was... So, in Superman 3, Richard Pryor uh, helps... The, the villain, who I don't even remember what the hell his name was, but... Uh, Bill. Bill, yes. Helps Bill create <laughs> a synthetic kryptonite, but it's flawed, and so it has the effect of, instead of killing Superman, it just turns him into, like, a drunk... A giant prick. Dr- a giant prick, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> turns Superman into a giant prick who drinks. He basically turns him into you and me. Yeah. So, um, so uh, I think that's as close as we're going to get. So, right. Chris, let's hear your dream cast. Please. All right. So, 90s... Now, mind you... I, I kind of went, it, it was kind of fun for me because with 90s we were able to, um, you know, to, to pick and choose whoever I wanted. And um, actually for Superman, I picked somebody who actually got cast for the role of Batman originally, who was actually they were looking at. Okay. So for Superman, I want Casper Van Dien, who is the star of Starship Troopers that is a very um, you know, 90s choice. That is a very I, 90s choice. I told you. I, I went 90s. Brilliant. I mean, he's got that face, you know, the big blue eyes, you know. He, Underwear model yeah, kind of yeah. dude. Yeah, he would yeah. look really good. Now, for Batman, I kind of went a little older. Um, I went with Kurt Russell. And I was Ooh. thinking, like, Snake Plissken, you know, call me Snake. And he's got that really cool, you know, badass attitude. I'm going to look up how tall he is. And I, think he's a, I don't think he's a very tall guy. Yeah, but what does Go it ahead. matter? I mean, they yeah, wanted yeah, Michael right. J. Fox in the 80s. And they wanted Michael J. Fox, and they had Michael Keaton, and he's right. not a big dude. Sorry. Go so, ahead. Go ahead. So, for, you know, Batman, I want Kurt Russell. For Wonder Woman, of course. He's 5'11", by the way. Okay. So same, same height as Michael Keaton. Yeah, so. I'm okay with that. All right. All right. So, for Wonder Woman, of course, since it being the 90s, Lucy Law. Oh, yeah. You, How can course. you not? No, I mean, no, no, no. Perfect. They've used her for voice for Wonder Woman. I mean, it's just fantastic. Perfect. Perfect. Green, and Green Lantern's the same thing. Excellent I, I listened to the fans, and I actually agree with them. Nathan Fillion. Oh, yeah. I oh, mean, totally. Yeah, absolutely. I love that cocky, arrogant. I mean, he's even got the damn haircut. That's I mean, the sound of a million nerd boners going up right now, amen. Chris. That's what we heard. So... Uh, Martian Manhunter, I kind of picked somebody who, I haven't seen him in any movies. I saw him in a TV show and I was very, very um, enthralled by him, but I loved his voice. And he could actually do the acting as well. And that's Christopher Judge, 
Christopher Judge uh, is known in Stargate SG-1 as Teal'c. He's a taller black male, but he's got that really deep voice. And I always looked at him and I was like, man. I know exactly who you're talking he about. He would play a great Martian Manhunter. I always oh, thought no, he'd, he'd be, he'd be cool. perfect. Um, now, going 90s once again, Flash, Mr. James Vanderbeek. <laughs> oh, Barry, as Barry, Barry, be a Barry, Barry Allen, right? blonde hair, blonde hair, just that. You he'd know. be kind of a younger though. If yeah. 90, yeah, yeah, he'd be. This is still kind of kind of so circa, a little circa bit, Dawson's Creek. Yeah, sort of. so it'd be around there. Um, now Aquaman, I, I did one with uh, Lucy Lawless as a numb. I I think that uh, Aquaman, Kevin Sorbo. Yes, I could see him as Aquaman, and he's got that hair, and you know, because he did like uh, what did he do? He did uh, Call. Call the Conqueror. Call the Conqueror. That's and, right. You know, kind of that barbarian spirit. And... You can you can catch incidentally. You can now catch Kevin Sorbog on the Hallmark Channel making yes. some very yes, like ultra super religious Christian. See, movie. Kevin Sorbo, you could have been Aquaman, but no, no, no. All right, so now here are my villains. Now with with our rumors and everything that I thought about it, and I thought a younger Willem Dafoe would have been great for the Joker. Oh, so yeah. absolutely, Lex Luthor going nineties again. Arnold Vosloo. The mummy. Yes. The mummy. Yeah. But he was also yeah. the prick boyfriend in Titanic. Yeah, I've seen it. So. No, 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 no. That was Billy Zane. That No, you're right. That, See? Was, Billy, that was Okay. Billy Zane. So we're going to have one of those guys. So are they both going to be playing? Maybe. Right? I don't know. <laughs> all right. All right. No, you got to make it. Still. No, no, man. you so got to make, make a decision. I, I, I Arnold Vosloo or Billy Zane? Nah, what are you going to go? Arnold Vosloo. Arnold, Arnold Vosloo. Okay. So we keep also it Also played Darkman. Yes. Did you not play Darkman in the second movie? Um, now, my Scarecrow... Scarecrow, let's hear it. This is a person that I've always thought about. Now, Scarecrow is my all-time favorite uh, Batman villain. I always thought it was kind of weird. You know, um, here's this really thin guy. He's not really liked in school. He's been picked on his entire life. So what does he want to do? He wants to instill fear in these people and make them respect him. And, you know, not for nothing, but when Nolan went and picked uh, Cillian Murphy... He's such a pretty boy. I was like, no, that does not fit the character. It does not do anything. No one would be picking on this man. No, this not man at all. Is beautiful. <laughs> so who do I pick on? The or who do I pick? The one person the world picks on, and that's Steve Buscemi. Here's okay. This thin guy. All right, I could see that. You know, people are just you know always picking on him, always looking down on him. You know, and, I could see and that. Him finally getting back on people, and I think it would be really cool to see. Where has he played a villain before? Have we seen him play a in, well? He played a, in a Fargo. He played. I know yeah, he played kind of a, but he sort was of a villain. Kind of a villain in Con Air. He was that that mass murderer That's, of Garland Green. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. But okay. he ends up being a nice guy, and he's playing dollies with the little girl. So he doesn't eat her. He doesn't eat her, but that's that's good. Now um, that's how I measure, you know, yeah, goodness don't, in don't someone, eat whether or not you eat children. All right. So um, for Cheetah, mm-hmm. I actually kind of went the other way. I thought of somebody who would be kind of cool to, you know, go against um, Lucy Lawless. But you know, for me. Uh, you know, I'm one of those people, if the actor fits, I don't care about skin you color. You must have quit? Anything. Yes, of course. Okay. Wow, you had to go there. Um, <laughs> but with Cheetah, I picked Vivica A. Fox. I can Ooh. see that. Because oh. she was in the Kill Bill movies. And she's just, you know, this roaring girl. She'll, she'll kick your ass, but she's very beautiful to look at. Um, now, you'll love every minute of it. She'll kick right. your ass, but you'll love every minute of it. Now, see, you you used one of the characters that I... Or one of the actors that I used, but... Um, Black Manta, I thought Denzel Washington would be great as Black Manta. You know, you're right. Yeah. So, yeah. 
You know, I would love I, I to like see that. him. You know, I like that. And pissed off at Kevin Sorbo. Yeah, and he'd, he'd be, be older. He'd punching be older. Kevin Sorbo in the face. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, now my um, Sinestro, I went with Michael Ironside. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, bad guy from. Uh, uh, Total Recall yep. and the Commander and uh, the Sarge in Starship Troopers. Yep. He and, was also uh, in uh, Top Gun as yeah, Joker. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah. you know, he's got, I, I think he could, especially with him and Nathan Fillion, him, you know, he's this war veteran. He can tell Nathan Fillion basically to go to hell because he's done it. Yeah, you know? yeah, And yeah, then yeah. my last but not least, so is Captain Boomerang. I think I wanted to use someone different that not many people have used. Now I'm I'm excited to see what Jai Courtney brings to Captain Boomerang. But Please say for me, Paul Hogan. Please say Paul Hogan. Please say Paul Hogan. No, I went with Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson. Oh, oh, the original oh, crazy oh, Australian oh, Mel Gibson. Oh, nice. Now, like I said, I I kind of see the, the original crazy Australian. The original crazy Australian. So that was kind of my my pick. Now I want to hear yours. I want to see what genres you guys use. Um, I want to hear who they think won. Yeah, I want to who. So who who won? Whose Dreamcast are, are you voting for? Are you going to vote for Chris? You're going to vote for mine. Let's hear you at uh, Just Us Nerds PC at gmail.com. There, there we go. A couple more. There smaller. we go. You know, I have the seizures have become less and less frequent now. So <laughs> all right. Um. All right, so why don't we move on? We're actually going to go to Toy Box. Well, we'll leave the, the movie review then for, for another time. Then, yeah, we're, we're going to have to. We're running a little short on time. So a uh, couple things that we're really excited about that are, are coming out, some toy news. Uh, I just found this at Big Bad Toy Store this week. If uh, you haven't been to Big Bad Toy Store, let me tell you, this website has everything it will kill your wallet oh my god it will kill your wallet and your wife may divorce you yeah yeah actually i think that's kind of what happened yeah so uh but but just just if you're okay with those two things just go because it's it's just do it just spend your money so uh the the first let me I'm, i'm gonna reverse order here um so diamond select toys is coming out with a seven inch um Kanunian Singh. Khan. Khan! Yeah. Oh, man. And, and, you know, as personified by the legendary Ricardo Montalban. Montalban. I have to, pardon me, I have to, Chris, you, I have to, I have to pay homage to my Latin roots. <laughs> Played epically by the, the legend, the legendary Ricardo Montalban. Ah. Oh, man. It's just, you got to hear the guitar after. Bring. Yeah. Uh, so we we get w- with this toy. Uh, so this is a uh, this is an action figure that depicts his appearance from Star Trek. I to see his Rebecca mullet. Con. His mullet's he's, nice. He's got the, he's got the mullet. Hey man, that was it was the 1980s. That was it, that was, that was, it. That that was, was the sh- it. that was as the kids say the shit. Yes. Uh, uh, I already own a uh, you know one of the. Uh, a con figure uh, that was put out by Art Asylum. This looks like it has a bit more articulation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to read the description. So this is a Diamond Select release. They say revenge is a dish best served cold, but revenge has never been this cool. Measuring approximately seven inches, this action figure of Kanunian Singh, as he appeared in Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, comes with the command chair of the USS Reliant. As Which well. is really cool to me. I actually love that this piece actually comes with uh, something to actually put him with. It's not just a figure you throw up on a shelf. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. 
Um, so uh, with the command chair of the USS Reliant, as well as numerous inter interchangeable parts with alternate legs, arms, hands, and oh, a wow. head, you have him seated or standing, shaking his fist or crossing his arms, shouting or savoring his victory. Just in time for the film's 35th anniversary, this figure comes packaged in display-ready select packaging with spine artwork and easy shelf reference. You are in a position to demand nothing. I, on the other hand, am in a position to grant nothing. Oh, such an such an epic role, iconic. I am so excited for this figure. Twenty one ninety nine at Big Bad Toy Store. Wow. Okay, not actually, and the price is not terrible. Um, all right, so we want to move on to the next one. Yes. Um, so this is a, a two-pack, actually, although I, I think that these are available singularly, but I think one of them is, is sold out. So this is Transformers Generation uh, Titans Return Leader Wave. So this is uh, two figures. We have uh, Blaster, Autobot Blaster, and then we also have Power Master Optimus Prime. Uh Chris, I, I I know you're not as big of a Transformers yeah, fan as I went as more I of G.I. Joe and Thundercats. So Although I loved when they crossed over. Did yeah, you yeah, have yeah. any of the comic books where mm -hmm. the two crossed over? Uh these are just two beautiful looking figures. Even I will look at it, you know, as a figure collector, these are just you know, the only thing that always used to piss me off about these figures. It would take you an hour and a half to make them transform. Well, yeah, yeah, and and the thing is now when I get when I whenever I buy transformers, I don't even bother transforming them into cars now because yeah. I know I'm never going to get them back into robot <laughs> mode. So they're just kind of permanently kind of just in. Uh, they're robots they're, who are robots. They're robots who are robots. Yeah. Ex exactly. Yeah. Um, these, you know, the way that they have these, you know, these are kind of callbacks to. Earlier incarnations oh, neat. Yeah. from uh, the uh, you know the 1980s, and the the technology for the toy making has just gotten so much Wait, better. Why isn't he an MP3 player then? Right? No, no he's, a, he's he. I think he's probably an MP3 player boombox. You know what I think he's playing? We're, we're talking about Blaster. I think he. I think Blaster's a diskette. You know where he's got the little CD diskette, the floppy disk. Yeah. Put that in. I yeah, think yeah, that's, yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Might be. Could be. Possibly. Could be. Maybe. Could be. Um. Yeah, so th these just these look really. Does cool. Optimus come with that little robot? No, no. See, the, uh, you're talking about Roller. Yeah, uh, Roller. No, I don't think so. No, this is Power Master. Oh wow, Optimus Prime. So, all right, what uh, is this? The original Power Master. His his thing was so he could originally turn into regular size Optimus Prime, but then he would combine with his trailer and turn into Super Robot Optimus Prime. Super Robot. Super Robot. It's like, you know, twice the fun of, of a robot at, you know... Twice, twice the, the cost. Price. Yeah, twice the <laughs> price. Yeah, exactly. Um, but his also his trailer would turn into uh, a base. Oh, that's so, cool. So, so it does like a battle station kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, so, I mean, these figures have three different alt modes. Uh, so very, very cool. Nice. Uh, $89.99 for both. Little pricey. We'll for both? It, for both. For both. So it's... Can you... Oh, so they only come in two? No, no, you can buy them singularly. Uh, I uh, I can I can look it up right now to tell you that. So basically, forty six ninety nine for Blaster right. by himself. Optimus Prime also forty six ninety nine. But pre order, he, is, he is going, going, gone. Yeah, yeah. that that's a pretty sweet. So now you're gonna have to go to the figure. shows to try to find them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, what's next? Uh, well, we're gonna talk about what's in Chris's loot crate. That's right. a mini section in our toy box. So you want to explain? To yeah, people absolutely. If you guys is? aren't familiar, loot crate is a monthly subscription. That's a kind of a big thing now, where the monthly subscriptions. Um, this one is basically generated towards. 
nerds towards us and our people yes and each month they do a theme um it could be anything i've seen heroes i've seen villains i've seen um invasion like a sci-fi kind of one they have different themes different themes each month and everything coincides with the theme in the box and and these are like one of a kind sort of limited, a lot limited of these. edition yes, items. Yes, a lot of these are made specifically for um, loot crate and loot crate only. Mm-hmm. So this month's theme was quest. So you think you know Lord of the Rings, Labyrinth, National Lampoon's Vacation. Exactly. It's a quest. Right. It's a quest for fun. I'm gonna have fun, and you're gonna have fun. We're all gonna have so much fucking fun. We're gonna need plastic surgery to remove our goddamn smiles. You're going to be whistling zippity-doo-dah out of your asshole. I'm sorry. I, did, I, exactly. had, I, had, I, had, I had to go there. That kind of right. quest, Chris? Yes. Okay. All right. So, something to start off. Nothing too huge, but a uh, new, mo- new video game coming out. If you guys are a fan of Uncharted, obviously Uncharted 4 is coming out. Gave us a little poster. Um, it's, it's cool. I mean, you know, it's just a little poster. Probably put it up somewhere. Um, now, another thing, too, if you've ever seen the show... Vikings, um, it's it's actually really kind of cool, and they actually gave me a uh, one-two scale drinking mug, and what it is is a plastic horn, and it comes with a little like embroidery and stuff like that, and then it comes with a leather harness that you put around your neck, and then you can drink it as your leisure. <laughs> Drink mead. That's that's exactly it. And or mimosas. I, right. You know. Whatever you feel like. You know. Um, so I thought that was really kind of cool. Uh, another thing they gave us was an ice mold. And you've seen them a lot like the Death Star and all this kind of stuff. Well, this one, being the nerds and being everything about it, it is a um, it is a D20. It is a 20-sided die, but it's actually a giant Friggin' ice cube. So I absolutely love that. So you just play until it melts or No, it's, you drink scotch until you win, which is every single time. Well you always win when you when you drink I'm not a big drinker, but I imagine if you did like scotch, everyone's a winner. Right. When you when now, you drink scotch. Um they used to do buttons, but now they actually do pins. And on this one it actually looks like the shield from uh Legends of Zelda on the pin, but it has a D twenty in it. Now what's kinda cool with loot crate is um I think they do like about a thousand. They'll actually do a variant pin. So instead of the colored one like I got, it actually was like cold gold plated. So as you can see, with with them there. Um, Why well, they they can't see? Well, I, I can see them as James can see. I can see. But one of the coolest things. This is one thing that I always love about Loot Crate is you always get a T-shirt. Always. I'm actually wearing the um, last month's, which was versus. And that one was Star Trek, so I got the Spock for Spock. But this one is a Labyrinth t-shirt. And they wanted to honor David Bowie with with his passing. I'm going to put a picture of this up on the on the YouTube broadcast. The artwork broadcast. is just really it, it cool. Is, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's really nice. I love the maze yep. in the background. They actually did the Labyrinth. Now, what's actually kind of neat about Loot Crate is when the package comes, it's just in a black little box. But when you open it up... You actually have a lot of the opportunity to uh, flip it inside out. You take it and, and you flip it inside out. And this month, it actually turns into a giant labyrinth. And you're able... There's It's actually a maze. And you have to work your way through the maze to get the loot. Oh, that's cool. So, And, and just to let the, our, our listeners, you know, all two of them know, uh, we, we don't... 
you know, we're, we don't have sponsors. Nope. We're not, we're, you know, we're not, you know, shills for these companies. Unless... Although we are willing to, you know, we are willing to learn though. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, unless, uh, unless you're willing to throw something at you. Know, if you want to throw a little swag our but, way. We won't, we won't say no, but so, yeah, we're just mentioning these sites and places because we want you to know where we find our cool shit. We want you to find your cool shit. If you've got a place where you can find cool shit, hey, let's absolutely. do it. Let's do a cool shit exchange. Um, but with Loot Crate, what's kind of neat is uh, it's a monthly subscription. You can get it at like three months, six months, a year, and pay for it up front. I buy it every month, and it comes to about 20, I think it's 25 bucks a month. I'd buy that for a dollar. Well, it's actually $25, but, oh, but okay. still. I'd All right. buy that for $25. There we go. Okay, well, closing out our show today, we're gonna. Uh, I'm going to do a toy review. Uh, I'm going to be reviewing the DC Multiverse end game joker figure i so, love this figure yeah i i really like this figure too some some of the the uh, multiverse figures have been kind of fair this is one of their true now what i'm kind of excited about is this image of the joker i th i think that's kind of what they were going with with leto i i think so too because yeah. he's actually wearing kind of the same suit and he wears the tuxedo actually in the comic and he, in the newest trailer he wears the same tuxedo and he has the that also the kind of that new kind of douchey haircut that's yeah. like really popular yeah the now. roger klotz as yeah. i like to call it is that what it's called i don't is know it like that or the the dude from um oh man the where did we go back to da -da -da -da. yeah that guy tonight is the macklemore the yeah sure yeah macklemore made it popular and now every every dude wants to get his hair right to look like like macklemore and lewis okay so so anyway this is a great figure uh the paint applications are are really nice uh, we get wow. some. You, you even get like the eyelids. You get everything is bag, hair bags, bags under the eyes. Yeah. Uh, we have a bit just come on the side of the head to kind of give the impression of Shave. uh, shaved hair. Uh, we it just looks like it's just kind of very lightly been brushed with green. Uh, look at the teeth. Mm -hmm. uh, even the the teeth and the gums. You know, just very small details that kind of give some yellowing to the teeth. Really give them that kind of crooked kind of evil smile yeah. this joker does not go to the dentist no he, he does not believe in oral hygiene no he does not um uh the the rest of the so i'm talking mainly about the face the the, the rest of the figure is just kind of a flat black plastic he's in you, a suit you know actually what i think they did i'm gonna go home and compare it but i think this is probably uh they came out with a michael kane alfred <laughs> and now looking at it, I'm thinking that this is just they they it's a body mold they, from the They Michael put Kane. Michael Caine as the Joker. They turned they have turned oh God. Michael Caine. The, the sculpt on the face My, is definitely Michael Caine. Uh, Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Yeah, I am the you want, would you like to know how I got these skulls? Well, I'm not going to tell you, so bugger off. Um yeah. Um so I mean the suit itself is nothing, you know, too fancy, but I don't think it has to be. I mean it's a black suit. So yeah. I mean that that's fine. The he comes with this little uh Face is it accessory. his face? It's his face. That when he, so, right. so if you're not familiar, what uh, happened? So earlier on, uh, probably about uh, I don't know, a couple of years ago now, to like at the beginning of the new Fifty Two, the Joker pays this other villain called the Dollmaker to cut off his face, and so he escapes Arkham and leaves, just kind of leaves his face nailed to his cell. So he does like an opposite Hannibal Lecter. Kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of a Hannibal Lecter, almost sort of like also a, a Martin Luther sort of yeah, Lutheran yeah. church kind of kind of thing. It was really weird. And so, anyway, uh, because it's a comic book, he's able to regrow his face after going to the last. Well, yeah, Earth. come on. But, uh, but he keeps his old face and kind of does kind of cool. It's gonna start stinking. Like st it is gonna start stinking. I'm I'm, I'm thinking. That's like but, carrying around like a steak. I'm thinking that, or just, yeah, leather, you know, kind of just a big, 
untreated piece of, of, of leather. But Gross. Uh, there's uh, one of the, the covers of the, the comic book where he is he's smiling and he's holding his old face and he's making it do sort of right. a frowny face. And that is the, the fingers are fixed for this figure, so uh-huh. you, you cannot move them. They're fixed in a pose, but it's meant so that you can hold the face in that exact pose. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So um, does it fit there? Fit in the hands easy, or I mean, because uh, I don't like things that wobble and yeah, all that kind of crap. I mean, it not yeah. too easy. I mean, you, you jostle it too much, it's going to fall out. I've had it fall out a couple times. Uh, so it, it and it grips it enough so that you can get them into that pose. Um, but I, I, if I can, I'll take a picture and put it up on the YouTube page. Yeah, I, I would say the overall likeness of the character is great. Yeah, the articulation is fair. I mean, you have hinges on the arms and the legs. You don't really have much movement in the head. You can really just kind of bear it. It's very tight. You can turn them left yeah, to right. I mean, what else are you going to need, um, though? Yeah. At he, this point, for he, this kind of figure... He, he can't... He cannot... You have no articulation forward or backward. He cannot look up or down. So I think it's just a swivel that his head up is on. It's not a, a ball joint. Um, the uh, no ankle pivot. Uh, legs go back and forth at the knee. Also, there's a swivel mid-thigh. Uh, I would call the articulation fair, but like you say, I mean, the Joker is not a character that I need to have in very many dynamic poses. He's not like a, say, he's a not, sp- he's, Spider-Man right. or... He's normally standing there with a gun in his hand. Yeah. So, I mean, for the purposes of this figure, I think the articulation works. Uh, so he's kind of in my display case with all my other Jokers. He's next to the Heath Ledger Joker oh, nice. and the animated series Joker. Now, what's the price on this? Uh, you can get him probably for about... You know, seventeen dollars to like twenty two, twenty five dollars. Uh, I think you can find them on Big Bad Toy Store. You can probably also find them on Amazon, eBay. Uh, I was just in Toys R Us today, um, and just to say, as a, as a, as a grown man going to Toys R Us without any children, uh, you will get some looks. Yeah, stranger yeah. danger. Yeah. Just don't uh, try to approach children. I won't approach. Right. Yeah, I won't approach. Well, for, fortunately, my wife is expecting, so then I'll, I will have a legitimate reason. Right. At least for appearances' sake, I will have a legitimate reason to go into toy stores. Uh, I was in Toys Toys R Us. They they you can still probably find them at Toys R Us, uh, Target, and does it always Walmart. feel like to me? Because every time I go to Toys R Us, I always feel like they're like going out of business. Like, I walk in and there's nobody in there. Like, nobody is ever in there. Because they all buy their toys and stuff from the big, big stores. At Walmart, yeah, Yeah. absolutely. I mean, do you remember when they... they, I mean, there used to be Lionel Playworld. Are you old enough to remember Lionel Playworld? Well, I... From where I grew up, we had a Dwayne's Toyland. And it was a two-floor, you know, huge... That's like one of those kind of independent toy yeah, 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 yeah. How about KB Toys? Oh, absolutely. You have KB to- I used to work for KB Toys. No way! Yeah. Oh, so. right, that's cool. Um, so, so yeah, you, you, I agree with you. Yeah, you go in Toys R Us, it's really not that full, and it's, no. it's it, you know, the, uh, the competition is just really well, putting them out of Well, there you have it, guys. You need to go to your local toy shops. You also need to go to your local comic shops, because remember, they're what makes the world go round. Absolutely. Uh, we hope that you will take place... Uh, no, not take place. No, we want you to take part. Yes. But also take place. Take place. And take part in our conversation of nerdery. So if you agree with anything that we said, we want to hear about it at justusnerdspc at gmail.com. Uh, and if you didn't agree with anything, right. we want to hear from you at some other email that uh, I can't make up does, right now. Doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. No, whatever you have to say about our, our comments, I want to. I want you to take part in the, the conversation. Right. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I, I'm, I'm Jay, otherwise known sometimes as Jay. This is my stalwart companion, Chris. Uh, this will be the end of this episode of Justice Nerds. And remember, 
If you have to microwave it, just do it for about 15 seconds because revenge is a dish that is best served cold, like Vichy Soie. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks. Bye. Good night.